Hey everybody, David Knight back, OK Boomer, and yes, I've got Mr. John McLean all the way from Sydney, Australia, and this is episode three of the discussion with John on the launch of his new book, Change a Constant Challenge. Hey John, how are you, mate? I'm, I'm great, buddy. I'm great to get reconnected, excited about um, spending some more time with you. Yeah, well, man, we're doing this weekly now. I like look forward to this every week now. So super excited. So for those that are tuning in for the first time, this is episode three. Feel free to subscribe, go back, see the first two episodes. But a quick summary is John and I have known each other for a long time now. Um, I'm going to say round up to 20 years, uh, which is nearly half our lives. That's kind of discounting our age just a little bit. But uh, John is a Hall of Famer in the Ironman, Olympic and Paralympian silver medalist at Beijing in rowing, uh, first wheelchair athlete to swim the English Channel, first wheel, wheelchair athlete to do the Sydney to Hobart yacht race, which is a whole nother story. John and I did Ultraman together. Um, I was his support swimmer on the English Channel. He was my support swimmer for the English Channel. We've done a lot of crazy stuff together. We're best mates, and we keep each other honest. Um, John, uh, we're up to Chapter 2, so uh, we're going to be talking about mindset today. Um, this is John's fourth book, Change, um, A Constant Challenge. John is the epitome of how to kind of change, and he's put together a five-step process called the 5Ms. I guess that's the 5Ms of McLean. Um, the first one is map. We did that in the last episode. The second one is mindset, which we'll go uh, deeply in today. Uh, the third is mentor. So that's the next episode. And then motivation and momentum. So that's the summary. So, John, let's get into it. What, what's going on in Sydney today? What are you up to? Um, <clears throat> excited about exploring. I've got Jack. He's going to go for a bit of a drive and catch up with a buddy, which is good. And he's got some, uh, some friends coming over as well. So it, it's, it's going to be a great day. So Jack is your son. How old is he now? Jack is uh, my boy. He's 10. So he's got uh, the whole world to look forward to. Lots of opportunities. He's a very creative little man. So um, yeah, he's, uh, he's our guy. Awesome. Hey, so mindset, um, the, the tagline there is open the window of your mind, allow the fresh air, new lights and new truths to enter. Like, what does that mean? Well, here's a really good example. Um, so what is mindset and therefore what have you got your mind set on? So therefore what are you replaying on a regular basis? Most of us are unaware that we have internal dialogue. Guess what we do? And we is have that more that, internal dialogue. Is that that little bird on my shoulder that says, don't do that, don't do that, look out, right, stop. That is, <laughs> yep, that's the little bird or the little voice that's in the back of the mind, which yeah. is um, the opposite of, you know, trying to pull you down, I guess, is the, is the negative voice. And therefore, once you become aware that we have internal dialogue, what are you actually saying to yourself? Are you saying, you know, I don't want to do this. Uh, I can't do this. I'm not good at this. You're finding ways to self-sabotage yourself. So once you become aware of internal dialogue, get in the position to drive the dialogue. So making sure that the positive is overriding the negative. In other words, get onto a bus and get behind the driver's seat and drive where you want to go with your life opposed to getting on the bus, sitting in the passenger seat, and just letting life take you wherever your internal dialogue wants to take you. So mindset is a really important part of the, uh, the five-step approach. Yeah, it's interesting, right? You and I have done some kind of crazy stuff, and I've always said that most of the stuff we've done, whether it be Ironman or the channel, it's, it's 80, 90% mental. 
and uh, 10 to 20% physical. And obviously you have to do the physical work to get you prepared, but it, ultimately if your mind isn't connected, right? If your mind isn't driving you, then you're kind of lost. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's so true. And it was wonderful, you know, for you and I to both have that experience of the channel. And you're right, you do need to do your homework and you need to give yourself every opportunity, but you, you can get that map piece right. And that's, that's the first step. And then it comes into the mindset. And I know of people who have gotten over there to swim the channel, for example, and then being in the water for a couple of hours because their mind wasn't right and they call it a day. So that's a lot of preparation and a lot of money and a lot of travel, and a lot of all of that to get into the water and then for that mindset to talk yourself out of the challenge. And so it's so important to make sure that your mindset is in place and it's the conversations that you're having are supportive and therefore you can, you know, you can start to take those, uh, those strokes because as you know, there are many strokes from England to France. Right. So in your chapter on mindset, right, the, the first thing, and you just talked about it, the internal voice, and we'll get to some examples of that. You've also talked about surrounding yourself with positive people, right? So again, I think, I guess that's amplifying your internal voice and making sure that you're not surrounding yourself with negative people, right? Um, so let's talk about that. What's a good example, and I've got one I want to share, but what's a good example that you've had to kind of fight that internal voice or you know, had an opportunity to kind of reprogram that internal voice to do something completely different. Uh, okay, great example. I got hit by a truck. Um, I'm fortunate enough to survive, you know, coming out of the coma. And after eight weeks, I was moved from the bed into a wheelchair. I wheeled into the bathroom for the first time. I saw a reflection of myself and was repulsed. Okay, so it was my mindset. I didn't like the reflection. And then I, my mind was going crazy. Um, I don't like me. How can I expect anyone else to like me? What is my life going to look like? And I was lost and my mind was in a really bad space because obviously there's depression and then there's uh, heightened anxiety and then there's all of those kinds of pieces that it was really, really dark. Okay, how do you turn that around? Once I got outside and I had the pleasure of smelling fresh air and seeing the blue sky and all of a sudden the right people coming along, my dad, my brother, you know, my best buddies, I mean, all these people coming around me to help lift me up and to change my mindset to say, you know what, you're still alive, be, be grateful for that. And therefore, what can you do? Well, what do you want to do? Let's help um, create some pathways and some opportunities. So that's uh, a good example about being in a, in a negative, dark space around the mindset and then turning it around to go, okay, the sun is coming up every day. What am I going to do with the time that I've got and the opportunities that will be presented? I know when you told me this story, you know, you're in a really dark place, you're in the spinal ward, you know, with a bunch of broken bodies around you. And you ask the question, like, why are there bars on the windows here? Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I found that pretty, pretty shattering when you told me the answer to that. Yeah, this is uh, and this, this is dark, but I think it's important to talk about darkness because, you know, it is a dark time right now with this pandemic. It's not a, you know, and therefore, how do you how do you challenge yourself to come out of that? But here's my example in the spinal unit um, as Dave mentioned there were bars put on there because males that were capable as in paraplegic still having use of their upper body were pulling themselves and taking their life so you know they obviously wanted to stop that from happening um, so it, it's such a bitter pill to swallow by you know one minute life is awesome and it was for me at 22 and the next minute it's as dark as you can possibly imagine so therefore so lucky to have my here's a really good example my dad saying to me son i would give you my legs if i could that's positive and uplifting 
and emotional. Uh, my brother saying to me, John, this is going to be a marathon opposed to a sprint. That was language that was helping to change my mindset that I will get out of here and, you know, lifting me up in terms of looking. And I, I, I started to surround myself with more and more people that were saying, you know, yes, it's possible for you to have a relationship. And yes, it's possible for you to have a job. And yes, it's possible for you to get back into sport. And, and these people were helping to, to lift me back up again. Yeah, no, it's, uh, um, you know, it's humbling. I, I've always said, and I think I said it in the first episode, I've never had a bad day since I met you, right? Um, because as, as good as you think you are, there's always somebody better, right? And as, as, as bad as you think it is, there's somebody always that's kind of worse off, right? So somewhere in there, there's some silver lining, but you've inspired me to do awesome things, right? And I, I'll tell this story. So uh, when I met John, um, I, was, I just started with Gatorade, and I'd signed up ridiculously the day I met John at the Noosa Heads Triathlon that I was going to do that triathlon. So a year later, you know, I, I kind of four weeks before, you know, my sports marketing manager said, aren't, aren't you going to do this event? I had done nothing, right? So it's like I had to buy a bike. I had to like get back in the pool. I had to get ready for an Olympic distance triathlon, which in hindsight is like nothing. It's like, you know, it's like a walk in the park. Uh, but for me at that time it was like this really scary goal and got through it with your help right and then at the end of that event you and i connected you just finished hawaii successfully i just finished this mini triathlon and we challenged each other like what can we do next right and you said you're going to do the english channel and i stupidly said well i'll do the hawaiian iron man because that just seemed like the next step and that was just a ridiculous thing to say and uh you know you got you got you got me into the Australian Ironman, which was like this holy shit moment. Like, now what do I do? I've got to like prepare myself for a marathon. I'd never run a marathon. In fact, I'd probably never run more than five miles in my life. Swimming wasn't an issue and biking seemed, you know, 100, 180 kilometers, you know, seemed at least doable. Um, and then I was out on a training run. You know, I had a training schedule, so I'd mapped out, right, what, what it would take me to get ready in six months to do an Ironman. And I'm on one of my long runs and I'm like not even to the end of the street, which is about half a mile. And I call you and I go, John, I got a problem. And he said, what's the problem? I said, well, I love swimming and I love riding, but I hate running. And, he go, and you go, that's your problem. I said, well, what's my problem? He goes, you hate running. You have to love running. And I was like, well, how do I love running? He said, you just need to change your mind and you need to love running. So you gave me the mantra, I think, you know, I feel good, right? So to that song, and I'm not a good singer, but I feel good, da -na 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 -na. I love running, da -na -na -na. and I just put that in my head and took my first step, right? And then just, pro I guess I programmed myself to love running, and now I just, I love running, right? I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just mindset. <laughs> I don't, to me, it's just like, you know, you've got to be able to switch across, right, and get your mind focused on the positive side get rid of that internal voice that says yeah running hurts running you know running's bad for you it's going to hurt your knees blah, blah. but actually there's so many so much upside to running in terms of your own time and physical fitness and it kind of helped to get through the 26 miles at the end of a 112 mile bike ride and a 2.4 mile swim but that's my story and thanks to you john it was just like you just hit it on the head you just got to change your mindset so thank well, you I think for that gift um, pleasure, my brother. I think there's two bits. So let's look at what's happening right now. We talk about um, the importance of physical health, and it's really good for us to have physical health, but also this piece around our mental health. 
And therefore, what are we doing for our mental health? And if we're having these conversations that are non-supportive and we keep on having those non-supportive conversations, then it just gets darker and it gets harder and therefore you really start to struggle. So there's a really nice piece around the importance of mild exercise, walking the dog or going for a small bike ride or doing something physical that improves your mental health. They say there's about a 31% increase for those people who suffer from mental health to do exercise. So it's so important to do that. And therefore coming back to internal dialogue and conversations. What are we saying to ourselves? So let's get aware of what we're saying and let's help to change those conversations because we have the ability to override if we choose and therefore the outcome could look completely different. So whether it's saying, you know, um, I hate running. Well, if you keep saying that, guess what? You're going to keep on saying that and then you'll find a way over time to go, I'm not going to run anymore because I hate it. And that, that language then becomes, you know, louder and louder. And guess what? You don't run. Opposed to, um, let's say you love running and there's he's you getting through, you know, the, your first Ironman. It was so special to be there with you when you crossed the line. And therefore that then led to many more things. So that whole growth mindset is so much better than um, a mindset that tells you that you can't do stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you and I are very similar. I guess that's why we're buddies, right? But I was just, as you were telling that story, it just... I'm at my best when I'm setting myself unachievable goals, right? When I'm scaring myself into saying, you know, I should go and do this, sign up for something ridiculous, right? And on the weekend, you know, I think I've talked about it a little bit, but I got introduced to the 14ers here with a, with a colleague, Larry Hertz, here, who invited me for his birthday to climb a 14er. And I'm like, well, what's a 14er? It's a 14,000-foot mountain in Colorado. There's 58 of them. Didn't know anything, but I thought, hey, this is a great, you know, I'll get out, spend a day with Larry and his buddies, and we'll climb a mountain. Well, it kicked the living poop out of me, right? So it, I just was so tired, so hurt, you know, it just physically was a really long day because I hadn't put my body through that. And I said to Larry, wow, this was just great, like outdoors, personal time, you know, Colorado, amazing. So I said, I'll do 10. Well, I did my 23rd 14er on the weekend in 12 weeks, right? So compulsive obsessive, yes, totally. Um, but, you know, I tackled, uh, for those that don't want to look it up, I, I tackled, uh, lo- uh, what did I tackle? <laughs> Longs, Longs Peak. Uh, f- it's 14 miles, but it's really 17 miles, 5,000 feet of climbing, and it's a class three difficulty, right? Which means I'm in the middle you know, of this climb, I'm literally on my hands and knees clanging to granite rock with a thousand foot cliff to my right right so you know one kind of slip which you know it sounds dangerous and it probably was but the chances of slipping were pretty small unless I completely whiffed it but I'm just hanging onto this rock and I literally said what am I doing here right (laughs) And, and I reminded myself that you know this is just greatness and this is just one step and how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time but it's just one step forward take your time and the getting to the top is going to be an immense achievement and you're going to feel really good about yourself so let's just keep going but let's not lose sight of you can do it right physically you can do it mentally be sharp be alert and and move forward so all this stuff you know again you're like this, I'm like this, if we don't have a challenge, right, if we don't have something that we're preparing ourselves for, right, if we're not signing up for some change, then we're not growing, we're not moving forward. So anyway, that was a ramble. I don't know what you thought about that. Uh, Thank you for sharing. 
Um, it's awesome because you know you didn't you didn't know about these fourteeners, and here you are, well underway. At, you know, I have no doubt that you'll do all of the fourteeners at all, because I know that your mindset is tune into tune into it. You just keep keep taking one step at a time, and sometimes crawling, but you'll get there because you have the mindset in order to do that. I'm reminded of my first triathlon after my accident in a wheelchair. I didn't want to do it at all. I said to John, who you know. Um, can you help me do it a couple of days before? And that way it, I don't have to expose myself to anybody else other than the, the swim and the hand cycle and the, and, the, and the distance. Because I didn't want people to look at me or to feel sorry for me. That was my mindset at the time. So Jono said, well, that's ridiculous. You're going to do it with me and everybody else. And that's all there is to it. So he helped change my mindset to go, okay, you know, you've got to embrace the, the, the challenge that you're undertaking, which is in my head. And then, you know, I had the opportunity to cross the finish line with all the other athletes, although well behind. But you can see how that we need others to help change our mindsets because if it wasn't for him going, that's ridiculous, I probably wouldn't have done that triathlon and maybe I wouldn't be having this conversation with you today. So it's important that we surround ourselves with the right people to help us change our mindsets if they're non-supportive. Well, so Jono, uh, sublime, beautiful man, right? And man of very few words. Uh, I know he was pivotal with you in Hawaii as you were going up that hill out of the bike transition, um, a moment of defeat or potential defeat and, and finish. So take, take me through that moment because I think that's just such an amazing story. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's two pieces. So we did a swim and that was just how much fun was that, um, which you, you have experienced. So I'm now on, on, the, on the bike or the hand bike. And, you know, it's, it's 112 miles in the US or 180 kilometers here uh, in Australia. It's a long way to ride a bike. And in particular, probably um, it's tough to ride a bike to do that in those conditions. Uh, I'm going to say it's tougher to use your upper body to, to cover that distance as well. Okay, so I make the turnaround and all I wanted to do was to make all the cutoff times to see within myself that I'm equal. That was my internal dialogue. Um, there were times when my arms were cramping and I was like, hey, do you know what? This is just a bit too much. And then I flipped that switch and changed that conversation and re re reverted back to when I was uh, moved from intensive care to the general ward, the other three guys were all quadriplegic, so they couldn't move their hands. And that was a good trigger for me to go keep on going, you know, change that conversation. And then eventually, I don't know, maybe it was like 5.30, which is the bike cut up time, I, I get to the last big steep hill of the bike section just before starting the marathon. And I realized that I'd missed the cutoff. And Jono kind of presents himself at the bottom of the hill at exactly the right time. And as you know, he's a man of few words. And he said, oh, uh, you've missed the cutoff. And I was like, okay. And then he said, oh, you have to go on. I was like, no, I'm done. That's what I had said to myself for a very long time. And then he said, oh, but you have to keep on going. And then I said, you know, the swim took me an hour six. I've been on this bike now for 10 hours and 40 minutes. Kind of that's enough. His reply was, well, it's my son's birthday today. I'm not with him, I'm with you. How dare you think about stopping? So he helped change that conversation for me to go, do you know what? He came to visit me once a week for four months, four months in hospital, okay? So this is my day to return that favor. Today's the day. Then I was told I was officially disqualified. Then I start my first ever marathon and I'm going up these hills backwards and everything was hurting and I had my head down and I said to Jono, like, I'm done, there's nothing left, I've got nothing more. And then he said, 
the pain won't last forever, but the memories will. Well, what did that do for me? I went from my head down to my head up. I, I went from feeling um, sad and kind of lonely and tired and depressed to smiling and laughing. Uh, my, my tank was empty and now it's full. And there again is another example of making sure you've got the right people with you to, to help you in your, in your change piece because at that stage I was absolutely not going on, not for anybody, but when he said what he said, I realized you know, he has done so much for me and I needed him in my team and we crossed the line together. So again, if you're gonna set yourself some challenges and I think life is, life is to be lived, so you have a choice of sitting down watching it uh, unfold or you have a choice of participating, which you have done many great examples of, which inspires me to keep on looking forward. And I think all of us need stuff to look forward to in life. If we can set ourselves some challenges that makes life fuller and richer and having more you know, wonderful experiences, let's get out there and you know, change our mindset in order for you to take those first steps. So I, I actually think they're probably the best words in endurance sport, right? Um, and I've used them um, not only personally you know, to tell myself, but to tell other people. The pain won't last forever, but the memories will, right? And so, you know, why do we do this crazy stuff? And part of it's the bragging rights, right? The part of it is like pushing yourself. But I mean, I, I, I thank Jono so much for those words. And you know, for those that are listening to this, write that down, right? The pain won't last forever, the memories will, right? So again, when you're hitting hard times, you know, you are going to go through pain, right? Pushing your body, pushing your mind, enduring some of the crap that you have to deal with in life is not pretty sometimes, right? But it won't last forever, right? And you'll be proud of it and you'll be better for it when you get through it. So, I mean, I think there's there's some of the most beautiful words in kind of endurance sport. Um, thinking, thinking of beautiful things, this picture behind me is you with Jack Mack and Amanda crossing the Nepean Triathlon, right? And about five kilometers behind that photo, I'm there somewhere, I think I'm the big fat guy behind you with the iPhone. That's you. That's it's me. Um, you know, five kilometers into the 10K run walk, um, you had a serious malfunction of your prosthetics and your, you know, your your carbon fiber leg brace, and you stopped and we took your your shoes off and your socks off and we found a hamburger patty in your in your sock, um, so you totally like mincemeated your your big toe and your your calf and your ankle bone which was just horrific, right? And I, I, we probably did talk about the pain won't last forever, but the memories will. I think I gave you my kind of half smelly sock and, uh, you know, and we just re repacked your, your shoe and got you kind of ready. But take me through that moment, right, of like you're there, you're on your back, you know, you've got some people around you that are like, you know, used to bad things. Like, you know, I can remember Steve Waugh was there and a few others, myself, um, and we were just kind of repatching you to go keep going. And then you finally got to this situation here where you're, you know, not only achieving the dream of walking with your with your wife, but you're walking with your son at the end of a, a, a triathlon that you were set out to do when you uh, when you got hit by a truck. A lot of a lot of yeah. stuff to preamble here, but look at you uh, at the end of a, a really tough day, but a proud day. Yeah, so there, there's a really nice piece to kind of introduce in the first uh, two themes. So I needed, I needed a map and a plan and therefore, you know, a dream to work towards. And that was, you know, imagine if I could go back and finish what I'd started. That, that's a big dream for someone who's been in a wheelchair for 25, 26 years. So I thought, okay, that's the dream. 
um, I, I can work towards building a team to help me do that. And obviously having you there was critical. Um, and I still have that sock, by the way, that you were kind enough to, <laughs> to, to give me. It's yours. Um, yeah, it's my, okay, yeah. Um, so everyone can see that the, the dream came true. But as you mentioned a bit earlier, in terms of the mindset, the swim was, I mean, so much fun. And the, the, to be back on a bike again after all of those years and to ride with you, like, on a conventional bike, opposed to me being on a hand bike and you being on your uh, racing bike. So, you know, to have those experiences was so wonderful. But as you also alluded to earlier, life is not this jump on this lane here and you're going to get a, it's on the freeway and you're going to get a pass all the way through and whatever you choose to do, all your dreams are going to, that is not life. Life is about struggle and getting back up again. And we talk about this piece on, you know, being persistent and, and bouncing back up and keep on going and, I mean, so much of the language is, you know, how, how do you keep on bouncing back? And it's like, well, what is it that you're working towards? And my dream was to cross the line with, you know, Amanda and Jack and have you to be a part of that. Okay. So halfway around, my feet were killing me. So therefore, you know, I needed to stop. And when I did do that, and obviously, you know, you saw the blood and all the rest of it. Um, and the importance, again, of having the right people around. I, I needed someone in my team to say some stuff that's, you know, okay, let's keep going. So Steve War, you mentioned, was a, a, a famous cricketer in this part of the world, probably not dissimilar to a Michael Jordan in the US or someone of that uh, uh, ilk. He looked at me and he goes, you're right, play on. So in his mind, as a great leader and, um, and captain, was that was the right words at the right time, which is like, stop sitting down, get on, put your leggings back on and that's when I grabbed that sock from you. So I put all my gear back on, I got myself back up, right? I got my walking poles and I continued to go forward and we, you know, we call this resilience or bouncing back. So it was so critical for me, you know, I wanted to cross the line, but there was so much pain that was starting to hold me back. And then it's like, I've got to override that. This is me. I've got to override that pain to keep on taking one step after the next to get to where I want to get to. And they're also the, the critical piece of having the right people in and around. So, you know, you, we kept on going and there were a few more stops along the way that you recall. It was really, really hard, three hours and 31 minutes. But good, guess what? The, the dream came true. I crossed the line, you're right behind me. All the people I wanted to be a part of that were right there to, uh, to be a part of that experience. So we all won by crossing the line together. I needed every single person who was there. I'm so grateful that you took the time to fly out from the US to be a part of you know, my team, critical part of my team, given, you know, our connection over time and, you know, to cross the line with your sock, that's an added bonus. Um, you know, the piece came true. So back to, this, back, back to mindset. Um, I, I was very clear on my map about what I wanted to do. And there were, along that way, there were times when it was, I was challenged and it was really, really hard. So I'm saying I got to keep on going, but I had other people to help me to keep on going. And therefore we got to the finish line. So what does that mean? It means that, you know, we can always push ourselves further. We can do that. The question is, do you choose to do that? I mean, life is hard again. It's not easy. So work out what you want to do. Do I want to lose weight? Well, the answer to that is yes. Do something about it. You know, if you want to improve your fitness, do something about it. If your mental health isn't good, do something about it, you know, and know that you can continue to improve and change from where you were to where you want to get to. So. I've got all of those stories with you, Dave, that encourages me to keep on moving forward because, again, life is so beautiful compared to what it was for me lying in hospital bed. So um, I know we're kind of getting to the end of this time, but there's just one 
kind of mindset change, which I think is probably the most profound out of all the mindset changes that I know with you, John. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, um, you know, Ken Ware being, you know, introduced to him and changing the mindset of like, I'm a wheelchair athlete, I'm bound to a wheelchair, I'll never walk again to what if, right? So, you know, you sent me the video, I burst into tears, you're walking, which, you know, I've had to carry you, you know, to, you know, the start of a race or in the middle of a race or down onto the beach or whatever that is, because you're, you know, we all were guilty of like, you're, the mindset of you're in a wheelchair, right? And you're, you're, you're bound to a wheelchair or a set of crutches, right? And then talk me, talk me through that, that kind of mindset shift and that challenge of can, because uh, I think that's super profound. I, I, I think um, I was so lucky to have that opportunity to meet Ken. So um, Ken with his neurophysics therapy, which is very different than anything that I had experienced previously. I initially went up to see him to see whether he could fix my shoulder because I, as you have done, a lot of rotation. And they kind of basically asked me a question like, well, what do you want? It's like, you know, I want to walk. This, it wasn't held. It was like, that's what I want. And then... He went, okay. So he, he just said, let's just go through the therapy, get you to close your eyes. I'll get you to just you know, let go of whatever comes into your mind. Another great example of the right mindset, letting go of the stuff we don't need to carry. And as I started going through the therapy and then evoking tremors and starting to reset, release and let go of, and then he continued to explore with me to see what my legs could do. Because you're right, I was in the mindset for a long time you know, my name is John McLean and I am a wheelchair athlete. So this is what I was telling myself all the time. And if someone asked me, you know, what, I, what is it that I do? I would tell them that externally. And therefore that's the world that I moved in. And I'm grateful that I moved in that world for a long time. And, but it was time for me to move out of that world. And Cam was the person who helped me to burst the bubble. So then he said, okay, what do you want more? Do you want a gold medal or do you want to walk? So, okay, um, walk. All right, let's focus on that. And therefore, by you know, with my legs doing things like a leg press, and I was initially quite cautious of that. And he said, "Let that thought go." Let, everything was letting go. Uh, and then we got to the beach, and as you know, and I was able to take those steps, and I fell over. We made some changes, and I went a little bit further. We made some changes, and went a little bit further, and that's how I had that opportunity to walk on the beach with Amanda, which then opened up my thinking. Okay, I'm no longer John McLean Woodchapel. I'm now. John McLean, that's my framework. What can John McLean do? And that's when this dream came to me about trying to complete uh, the Nepean Triathlon after all of those years. So Ken was critical in getting me back onto my feet, changing my mindset to uh, allow me to explore all of my potential to see what's possible. And, you know, here I am today. Yeah, it's just, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, again, plug for John McLean, what, probably one of the best motivational speakers. So if you've want an organizational speaker that can come and change, you know, your mindset of the organization and help you go through some process. He, he's your guy. Um, I want to like just touch on two things in a little bit more detail because I think for any parent out there, any person out there, it's really important that you ensure that you surround yourself with positive people. And as a parent, you make sure your children are surrounded with positive people, right? Um, because the alternative is just destroying, right? Um, you know, I, I am in a position now where I just want to surround myself with positive people. I have zero tolerance for negativity, 
right? Um, and so, you know, again, if you're building a team at work, you know, there's only one attitude that I want, and that's a can-do attitude, right? How do we do it? How high can I jump, right? How far can I go? What results can we beat? As soon as somebody goes into, well, we can't do that, or that sounds hard, or I'm done, right? It's just like, it's, it's just, it's, it's no time for tolerance of negativity. And I know you're the one of the wisdom that you've taught me, John, is that build the team around you that's going to you know, share your vision and, and be positive, right, and have that mindset that's aligned with yours. Um, and I think that's a huge learning for everybody. And, and you know, I've, I've spoken on this point to, you know, a bunch of people, but, you know, especially from a parenting standpoint, you, you've got to be really conscious of who your kids run with, right? And you've got to nip that in the bud really quickly, right? If they're running with a negative crowd, bad influence, you know, you're, you as a parent have really got to jump in and change that, as painful as that can be. And similarly, if you're building a team as a challenge, right, to go and achieve something, right, or you're in business, right, you've got to really recruit people that are so positive, right, and have that mindset. Because, again, you know, I can, I can teach people about a, doing a job or doing a function, it's very hard to teach people how to be positive. And I don't know what you think about that, John. I, I kind of got to this age in life where you're either a half glass full standpoint or you're a half glass empty person, right? And, and I've only got a time for those people that actually think the glass is overflowing, right? You've got to have that extra resource and that extra positivity. So I, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, thank you. I'll give you two options, one um, as a leader and one as a father. So if, you're, if you have your, your team around the table, and let's call it a round table opposed to a square table, um, they have a sense of responsibility as part of being on that table or around that table. And each of the people around the table should make a contribution towards the team or they shouldn't be at the table. Okay, what's our map or what's our plan or what's our strategy? Everyone needs to buy into that and they need to add value. If you're not adding value, you shouldn't be there, right? we collectively are going to work towards a goal and our objective is to get there. So that mindset needs to be engaged around, okay, let's get passionate and excited and make contributions and help and support because if you do do that, it's highly likely you'll get to your destination. If you're not adding value, you shouldn't be there. So let's replace that person and put the right person on the table. Example, when I wanted to swim the channel, guess what? You're my support swimmer. We get the best uh, boat captain in Reg Brickle. We get access to... Um, one of the best guys from the English Channel uh, Association to make sure uh, Norm Trusty that he's there. Uh, I get you know a great opportunity by you with a documentary crew to film it. So I'm building the best possible team to allow me and us collectively to achieve our goal. No one on our team, our team, well, they were all the right people. There was never one moment where I went, I, I needed to question any members of the team. Okay, so now back to your team and to other teams. Make sure that you've got the right people. If they're not the right people, move them on to allow them to go and be the right people in whatever organization they want to be a part of. So that's the work space. As a father space, you know, it's really important for me to make sure, and my wife Amanda, to make sure that whatever circles our boy is moving in, Jack, we want to make sure, you know, we like the other boy, uh, boys that he moves with. We like the parents, they have good values. We kind of have a really good understanding about en enabling him to be the best version of himself. You know, what is he watching on IG? What music is he listening to? You know, what language is he using? So it's so important as a parent to invest into uh, our kids to make sure that they're moving in the right directions. And there's methodologies and ways to assist that transition. 
But once they move down a path that's non-supportive uh, and they're happy to keep on going down that path, the longer that is, the harder that is to break. So I think for a love of a child, we need to intervene, get familiar and be supportive to encourage them to you know, be the best versions of themselves. Yeah, and again, it just it's down to mindset, right? What are what are the collective minds around them to form those young brains, right, and and set them on on the path for, you know, great results and being a great human and being a great contributor. Well, I think that's kind of it, John. Um, we've we've explored a lot of stuff. Uh, we've talked we've talked about some of the crazy stuff that we've done, but just in summary, uh, look, get out, get this book, John. Where can you get this book? Um, <laughs> I love that plug. So I guess Amazon is a great way to, to access the book. Um, there's an e-version, there's a physical version. Via my website, it's probably the best way to get the physical version. Uh, and there's also the Audible. So for those people who want to climb mountains and do other things or they're on the go and they want to listen into the book, there's an audio version as well. Yeah, so it's a quick read. It's about 64 pages. It's about an hour, you know, audio book. Um, John, do you do the reading for the book? I think you do, right? I did. You, that was a real. That you was didn't, a change. I mean, it, you it did the right. So you got to speak Australian. You got to speak or listen to Australian to understand this book. Then. Yeah. That's. Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully, I've travelled enough uh, over the years to be able to connect and relate into the, the language. But um, yeah, you're right. It's a simple read. Uh, it talks about the five steps, and it's something that you can pick up and grasp, and also to pick up again if you're struggling to go back to that chapter that helps you to to make the change. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good thing to slip into your briefcase and just, you know, pick up when you just need a, a little bit of motivation. Thanks, John. Uh, great stories. Joshua, thank you for hosting. Uh, please share this. There's a lot of people that need to listen to this right now. Uh, subscribe, share it. And in the bottom of the, the copy here, there'll be a few links for you. Uh, you know, visit John McLean's website, uh, learn more about him, buy the book and get ready for episode four so appreciate everybody listening john super appreciate you you make my day i look forward to our conversation next week when we tackle mentorship so thanks everybody for listening you know what you need to do subscribe share let's get this thing going viral appreciate you all have a great day